I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass, busted draft pick, and game-changing play. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow and listen to Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. I mean, the possibilities are limitless, Kevin. What if Portland drafted Michael Jordan? What if the NBA never vetoed the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers? That's a butterfly effect for real. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. My name is Maggie Loney, and I'm joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein. Because it is the offseason, we are looking for things to do in the middle of perhaps the weirdest time period in recent history in a quarantine um, where we're not allowed to physically be around one another. We thought that we would do an offseason edition of an Ask Me Anything uh, or Ask Us Anything. We told you to keep it, if you could, to football, but if you wanted to throw in another question in addition to a football question, we were open to doing that because why not? We're in the middle of a quarantine. What else are we supposed to do? Uh, so today we will be breaking down all of your Packers and non-Packers questions. Perry, how's it going? It's going, you know, it's <laughs> everything's the same every day. Just wake up, same thing, go to bed. But, uh, all the Packers talk is getting me through, although I don't know, there's not much going on in, in the football world right now, but no, we will, we will answer your questions. We will make our own content. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be interesting. Yeah. These are your questions. So if it's not interesting, that's kind of your fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we take zero responsibility. <laughs> All right, Maggie. So. Let's kick this off because we did. We I have to say thank you to everyone who did submit questions. They're great. There are definitely a bunch in here that really made me think. Um, there's a few that took me back and got me a little sentimental. So let's start with our least favorite other pack a day uh, podcast hosts <laughs> question. Jacob <laughs> Westendorf asked us, "Who is your favorite non-star Packers player?" So. Not Rogers, not Devante, not Z. Sorry, you can't talk about Starius. Who is it, Maggie? So Jacob knows who my favorite player is because Jacob, I see it now. I feel really bad that we made fun of him because Jacob for Christmas sent me a canvas print of Jamal Williams because he knows that I love J Swag Daddy. So <laughs> in my office, there is a canvas print of Jamal Williams that I will likely get signed someday. Um, but that that's my guy. And Jacob, thank you for the question. But 
you, you totally already knew that. Um, so Perry, <laughs> what would be yours then? So before I tell you mine, I have to say that actually something on my bucket list, like truly has been on my bucket list is to do a pregame dance with Jamal Williams. Like I think nothing would make me happier than to be on the sideline dancing with him one day. I don't know if that'll happen, but if Jamal, if you hear this, I just want to jig. Um, <laughs> so my favorite non-star is Jair Alexander. Um, He's pretty much the closest thing to the Packers drafting one of my draft crushes. Um, I was super pumped. Um, I think he's an absolute star. That's why I was on the fence. I was like, is he a star? Is he not a star? But I'm just saying it anyway, because I think he's phenomenal and um, also very good looking. <laughs> so, he gets, so he gets bonus points for that. <laughs> should Should we talk about the second half of Jacob's question or the second question? Because it stumped me like hardcore. Yeah. All right. Let's. Okay. So the second half of Jacob's question was if you could only listen to one musician or band for the rest of your life, who would it be? And why? I mean, I need to hear yours because I'm okay. Yeah. So mine actually, so this is pretty easy because I have a, I have had a favorite band for about a decade. Um, I never get sick of them. I pretty much listen to them nonstop already. Um, so it's the black keys. So I think it would be a really easy transition for me to just listen to them nonstop since like I kind of already do that. That's fair. I go like in moods where one month I'll only listen to Beyonce and then one month I'll like listen to White Reaper for a while or then I'll listen to Billy Joel and Elton John for like a month. I like but the variety. Yeah, I'm, you know, variety's the spice of life and who doesn't love Beyonce? But when I'm not... In, I mean, I think long term, my favorite band would probably be Young the Giant. Oh, like I love if, them. So I don't know. I've seen them like five times live, but yeah, Jacob, that was really hard. Ask great us questions, questions, Jacob. Sorry for yeah. making fun of you. No, they were great <laughs> questions. I really appreciate them. Okay. You're my man. <laughs> I love Young the Giant also. I've seen them three times. So you have me beat. All right. Next, we'll go with Ken Mack who asked, which season would you most like to go back and relive again, start to finish all time? And that, again, these questions are hard. I mean, I think that's kind of the point is for them to get you to think, but this one, this one was a good one. Um, So I had, I had a hard time choosing because one season was one that I've seen and love and I'm currently rewatching right now, which is the 2010 season, obviously because we won the Super Bowl. Um, And I think, um, the reason for that is like, I mean, I was only 15 when they won and I feel like I didn't appreciate it like nearly as much as I would now as my fandom has grown. But my other season I was going to choose was the Favre Super Bowl season because I was only one and obviously don't remember that. And I think I would love to go back and, and relive and, and watch that. See, so my answers were like identical to that because I'm also rewatching the 2010 season right now. So that felt like cheating. Anything beyond the Super Bowl season felt too, or like it's too recent in the memory. Um, so I was like, you know, I was only three when the Packers won their first Super Bowl, or their, I guess their only Super Bowl, went to their first Super Bowl with Brett Favre. Um, and seeing Reggie White, like, quote unquote, yeah. live as an adult would be really cool. Um, but I'll, I'll flip it then, and I'll say Vince Lombardi's first season as a head coach. So not the year they won the first Super Bowl, not when they started winning championships, his first season, because 
I, they didn't win at all. And I think that that builds character and that's who, what made Vince Lombardi who he is. So not surprised we had the same answers, but I love that, that, uh, last choice. Okay. So our next question, which I know we talked about was a tough one for you. So I'm curious what your answer is going to be, but if you could bring back any free agent that the Packers have lost or let go of in just the past three seasons, um, who would it be and why? I had a quick scramble and try and remember if this was within three seasons, but the answer that I came up with was Jared Cook because a veteran tight end presence dominating the middle of the field, being an offensive weapon for Aaron Rodgers, something that they've honestly lacked since Jermichael Finley. And that becomes more apparent as you rewatch the 2010 season. Um, I know they tried with Martellus Bennett. I know they tried with Jimmy Graham. I know that Mercedes Lewis fills a role, but he's not a dominant force like Jared Cook was. And I know that Jared Cook didn't necessarily impress in the beginning of his season with Green Bay, but he really came on strong at the end. And I would have liked to see what a second season developing with Rodgers would have done for that relationship. So that was also my first thought, (laughs) but I am going to talk about somebody else. I actually had a ton. I mean, there's, there's a few, I think regrets out there, but, um, mine is going to be just like really cliche and sappy, but it's Jordy, um, for sentimental reasons. And also because watching the offense this season, not be able to really find its footing, um, and I know that he would have added such a level of stability for Rogers um, to have his guy, the guy that he can trust, like imagine, I would have loved to see how LaFleur used him in the new scheme, you know, adding another trusted receiver alongside Devante. Um, I think maybe that could have taken us over the edge, you know, if we still had that Aaron Jordy connection this past season. So I wish that he was still wearing 87. See, now I totally thought that you were going to say Tremont Williams, but I guess that that's kind of cheating because he's a free agent this year and maybe he'll be back. We don't really know. Yeah. So he doesn't count because he can still come back. <laughs> There's still hope. Um, all right. So MB on Twitter asked, what are your thoughts for the best backup for Aaron Rodgers? Is it Tim Boyle or will the Packers bring in another quarterback? So this was... MB and to the, there was one other person that asked us about the draft successor. Um, one of my favorite questions we got, cause it's a really good one and nobody really knows the answer, but, uh, no hate to Tim Boyle, but he's not our next franchise quarterback. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, and Goot hasn't been shy about the fact that he's going to draft a quarterback if someone they like falls to them or is available. So, um, you know, whether it's this draft or next, I'm not sure. But I think fans should be prepared for the Packers to potentially use a high draft pick on a quarterback soon. Um, I personally hope it's a draft and develop situation. Um, that's what they've always done. And I don't really see them trading or acquiring a vet to take over at this point. Um there's not really a backup out there that I'd want them to go get and sit behind Rogers until he decides to retires, uh, retires, retire. Um, (laughs) uh, my unrealistic pipe dream is for them to get Trevor Lawrence, but the chances of that happening are about as slim as if the Packers got Aaron at 24. (laughs) So I guess anything can happen, but, uh, nice. That was a good comp. I like that. Um, Christopher Karlecki was the other question. And he just asked, um, do you think the Packers basically will draft the successor in 2021 or 2022? 
Um, and he said that we're starting to see a small decline in Aaron Rodgers. And while I think maybe he's not the number one quarterback in the rest of the NFL at this point, he's still top five to me. And I don't think that you really need to start looking just yet. And I think a big part of Aaron Rodgers falling to Ted Thompson was the fact, like we talked about forever, that Brett Favre was, you know, hemming and hawing about retirement. Aaron Rodgers, when they asked him about another quarterback coming in, said, I'll still beat him. So it doesn't really matter. You know, like I think Rodgers responds. (laughs) I think the the competition is a good thing. And I think that that'll push him a little bit. But I don't think that at this point it's something that would happen maybe in another year. I mean, I know they talked to Drew Locke last year and he was a rumor. I know that they talked to Jordan Love this year and he's kind of in play at 30, but I see them drafting somebody on day three as like a camp body to compete with Tim Boyle and Manny Wilkins. But I think if they were looking for their future at the position, it would not be for a couple seasons because they still have under Aaron under contract for at least a couple more years. And it's with the way the contracts are structured now, they would basically have to pay their next guy big money before he could even start. Yeah. So it's yeah. just too risky. Yeah. And Aaron's like a pretty smart guy. He said, you know, I know that I have to continue to perform at a high level in order to stay in Green Bay and retire in Green Bay. And I still think I have another ring in me. And um, so I agree. I think it's it's probably not quite yet, but it's definitely something we know that they're, they're at least thinking about, which they should be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So next question was, do you think the Packers take a step back this year with their record? (laughs) (laughs) I laugh because if I say yes, people are going to be upset. And if I say no, it's unrealistic expectations. I think that the Packers are going to be playoff contenders in 2020. I think that they have a tougher schedule this season than they did last season but everything always changes. So a lot of the teams that looked really good last year might not look really good this year. I think that year two of a Matt LaFleur offense is going to really help this team. I think getting Mike Patton a couple pieces on defense will really help the defense. Um, We saw what happened with Matt Ryan in his second year with Matt LaFleur as his quarterback's coach. So to think that Aaron Rodgers can take a jump is highly likely. Um, but I, I mean, I don't think 13 and three is necessarily the floor or the ceiling. I think that the Packers will push for a playoff spot. I just don't know mm-hmm. what their final record will look like. Yeah, no, it's exactly. I mean, I agree. Um, I think it's a damned if you do damned if you don't kind of situation. Like, I mean, we went 13 and three, like that's a great record. You know, it's kind of hard to beat that. So I think, you know, taking a step back, if you want to call it that, or just potentially losing a few more games is definitely a possibility. Um, I'm prepared for it. We set the bar really high. Um, And I want to, you know, I kind of have to remind myself, like a lot of those were really close games that were a field goal and they could have easily gone the other way. Um, So, you know, I don't want people to be all up in arms if we end up going 11 and five or even 10 and six. Um, And I think at the end of the day, what I also try to remind myself is that records aren't everything like yes they're important for seeding the playoffs they're important for clinching the division and having that over the bears and the vikings like always Mm -hmm. but 
<laughs> the Packers won the Super Bowl in 2010 as a wild card at 10 and six, and they were by no means the best team in the NFC. Um, but they still gritted it out, and ultimately that 10 and six record and the amount, you know, the games that they lost didn't matter. Um, so while maybe the record might go backwards, I don't know if that necessarily equates to the Packers as a whole being a worse team. So yeah, I agree. And the follow-up question to that from the same uh, Twitter user was, what if Mike Pettin's defense falters again? Um, which is definitely a little bit more of an interesting question. Um, so I don't know. I think that it's a prove-it year for Pettin. I think it'll be interesting how he fix some of the holes. Um, but you can't also expect, same with the record question, you know, for them to have only three losses this season. Um, obviously, a big part of losing is letting up points. So <laughs> it's a tough question. Um, but I think, again, if if the defense shows improvement in some of the areas that they weren't so great at, um, I think Patton's okay. I think... Something that's, you know, like something that we have to rationalize here, too, is that Mike Patton's defense kept the Packers in a lot of those close games when the offense was doing nothing, when Mm -hmm. they weren't able to convert on third downs and they were constantly going three and out. They couldn't stay on the field. The defense would start really hot and it would be really close for the first, you know, 20 or so minutes. And then they were starting to burn out and they'd give up those gash plays because they were on the field for so long. So as much as we're used to the defense being the Achilles heel of the franchise lately, it's been kind of the sputtering offense that set the defense up to not necessarily be successful. And Mike Pettin has said that he'll give up rushing yards all day. If it means stopping the pass, because you're not traditionally going to lose a football game, unless it's the NFC championship game on the ground, ground. um, So I think that there's a give and take there where the offense has to be better for the defense to be better. But Mike Pettin also needs a couple more pieces. It's a little bit square peg round hole right now with some of the pieces that he has. Blake Martinez swapped out with Christian Kirksey. We'll see if that makes a difference. I'm still pining for a big guy on the defensive line, whether they go free agency or through the draft. Um, Any little steps they can take to shore up the run defense. And I think that that'll automatically improve things for Mike Pettin. Yep. Totally agree. Great question. All right. Yeah, that was a good question. Um, Sandro from Germany asks, fave underdog player to root for this upcoming season. Okay. So this one was, it took me a while because I think there's a bunch, but I ultimately am choosing Equinemia St. Brown because he had a fantastic rookie season. Um, I personally thought he actually played better than MVS um, and definitely Jamon Moore. So, um, but then unfortunately was placed on IR and didn't get to have his sophomore season. And so this is kind of his, can he bounce back from an ankle injury? Um, Can he fit himself into Matt LaFleur's offense? I think he can. Is he potentially that unknown X factor receiver that we so desperately need? um, Who's just sitting on the bench for us and, just didn't get to play last season. So I'm really excited to see what he does. Um, I'm really, really hoping that it's all good things and it's not a step backwards. Um, and we just have another trusty receiver because Rogers really did trust him. Yeah. I, 
I like that you picked offense because I'm going defense and my player is similar reasons. It's Curtis Bolton who had a really, really strong preseason. He was kind of pushing Ty Summers for theoretically, you know, that second or third inside linebacker spot. Um, he was starting some of the preseason games ahead of Ty Summers. So he looked really good in that regard. And then he tore his ACL. So I know that we talk about the Packers desperately needing an inside linebacker. Maybe they're not sure of what they have in Oren Burks or Ty Summers. Um, but Curtis Bolton is another option there. I'm still not convinced that they'll take somebody in the first round with the signing of Christian Kirksey. I think they might think because they got their free agent, they can rotate opposite him with either those three inside linebackers with a hybrid safety like Raven Green. Um, but yeah, I think Curtis Bolton with another really strong training camp will kind of proge- propel himself forward. Um, mm-hmm. And he he would more likely be a roster lock this season. You really other, surprised me with that one. Did I? Yeah. Who, you, who did you think I, I was going to? I don't know. I had a feeling it was going to be defense. I wasn't surprised when you say that, but I did not expect Kurt, Curtis Bolton. I like it. All right. So the second part of Sandro's question is not Packers related, and it is, what is your favorite Dua Lipa song on the new album? I am so curious if this is going to surprise you or not, but my favorite can't stop listening to it. Already going to get sick of it. Cause I'm listening to it too much is pretty please. It's not the one I thought. What'd you think? I thought it was going to be boys will be boys. Mm, that one did surprise me. Got to the end. I was like, Whoa, do a getting, getting deep here. <laughs> <laughs> Who's yours, Maggie? Or what's um, yours? I, I like boys will be boys. Um, and I also liked future nostalgia because of the line female alpha, which is a whole ass mood. So, but don't start now is something that I play in my kitchen at least once a day when I'm cooking. So I guess I cheated and I have three, but yeah, I love hallucinate also. That's my second. So thank you, Sandro, for letting us talk about Dua Lipa for like three seconds on the (laughs) podcast. I mean, the new music these days is really keeping me going. So, um, Let's go with one of the tougher questions we got, which we're going to modify the answer, I think, Sean. But Sean asked us, you know, if they were making a movie about Packers history, who would play some of the key people um, that were part of creating this amazing franchise? And he listed off a ton of amazing historic (laughs) Packers people. Um, Unfortunately, I could not think of actors for each and every one. But Maggie and I chose one person to find our actor counterpart. So, Maggie, who you got? Okay, so maybe this is really weird. I don't know. And if I'm supposed to be thinking of this player in their prime, then I totally failed. But I took Jerry Kramer. For obvious reasons, he's the light of my life. And old Jerry Kramer, like today's Jerry Kramer, reminds me of Dick Van Dyke. Oh my God. Silly and cute. And I could listen to him talk forever and ever and ever. So if they were making a movie about now Jerry Kramer, I would like him to be played by Dick Van Dyke. I love that. (laughs) I love that. Okay. So mine's actually like a similar because, um, I chose Vince Lombardi and I kind of am thinking him of him as a little bit of an older man, but um, I always felt like he looked like Bill Murray. And I feel like, I don't know if that's just like me being weird, but I feel like Bill 
um, could play could play Vincent in the movie pretty well. So that's my comparison. <laughs> I have to throw this out there too for Sean because um, as you get to know Sean on Packers Twitter, he is the biggest Lynn Dickey fan to ever exist. Um, and he even has his own Lynn Dickey uh, perm rating scale on how many perms he would give something. Um, so I did try really hard to think of an actor for Lynn Dickey. And the best I could come up with was a curly haired Danny Masterson to play <laughs> Lynn Dickey. <laughs> so Sean, I'm sorry, but I hope you like our other two comps. <laughs> even if Danny Masterson was not that great. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, at least we're having fun. Everyone listening is like, why? Stop. But. <laughs> hey, you guys ask the questions. <laughs> All right. Legion of Boom Season asked, how do you... F- oh, I, we didn't talk about if we were going to answer this, but I think we should. Okay. Do you feel that Carol Baskin definitely <laughs> killed her husband and fed him to the tigers on Tiger King? <laughs> yes, because not a single person on that show seems like a good person to me and her poor husband like we should keep an eye out for that man if he ever tries to leave her like we gotta we gotta save him he's so nice what are those called silver alerts it's like yeah. we, we know he's gone there was and just no evidence it was just too fishy pun intended for her to be like you know if you tried if you want somebody to get attacked by a tiger you put sardine oil on them Excuse me. Why do you know that, (laughs) ma'am? So great question. Um, I still quote that show every day of my life (laughs) since I watched it. It's it got me through this trying time. So if you haven't watched Tiger King yet, like please do. Netflix made this incredibly entertaining, ridiculous roller coaster of a series, and uh, it is yeah, it has been like the light of quarantine <laughs> and Joe exotic didn't even pay us to say that. <laughs> we just wanted to say that. Just so entertaining. Um, All right. Fine. All right. So next question is in what scenario would you be interested in moving the 30th pick? So I think this leaves it open to, we could trade up or back. Uh, but what are your thoughts? Okay. So this question sparked like a deep dive in my mind of possible trade partners going trading up and trading down. Mm-hmm. So to trade up, I have us partnering with new Orleans because we've done that a couple times already. Um, in recent memory, um, they have pick 24, so it would likely take the Packers pick 30 and the third round pick, which is a lot of, you know, draft stock to give up. But the Saints only have five picks in the draft, so if they were looking to recoup another in kind of the meteor rounds of the draft, I could see them doing that, especially if maybe they're interested in a quarterback like Jordan Love at 30, and they're not necessarily as interested in some of the receiving talent that would be pushed up the board. Um, So I really like the Saints as a trade partner to move up, but I do think that a first and a third is really kind of rich, so I don't think I would do that personally. Um. But if like a Henry Ruggs is sliding down the board, then by all means, like run that card up to the virtual podium and let's do this. <laughs> but um, otherwise, I'm more inclined to trade back from 30 into the early second round. And the partner I thought of for that would be the Colts. 
if maybe they want to take a fifth year option in the first round on a quarterback who could be their future after Philip Rivers retires, um, they could snag another or like a high second pick and then another fourth rounder because the Packers notoriously love their fourth round picks. So <laughs> Those those were my two thoughts. Either trade up with somebody who is low on draft picks or trade back so that somebody can get their quarterback of the future at pick 30. Yeah, I like it. Um, I was also thinking that potentially the Saints, because it's not too much of a jump, um, and we, uh, we've done it before. Um, you know, I've been thinking about this too, and the... I don't know if it's that mock drafts are just like wacky right now or what, but there aren't that many players in the first round that I'd be interested in um, jumping up for. Um, And I think that we could get to really, really strong players at the beginning and middle of the second round. Um, You know, if for some reason, whoever they're, you know, top on their big boards are gone already. You know, some of those top wide receivers, Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen, they're all gone. You know, why sit at 30 and wait? Um, And uh, the Packers typically, I think, historically do really well in those middle rounds. You know, like all of our star wide receivers have come in the second and third rounds. Um, And um, all our top offensive tackles have been found somewhere in the middle there. So um, it wouldn't surprise me too much if we if we jumped back um, and then gained another pick out of it. So I agree. All right. So last question. I'm going to modify it just a little bit. It okay. is, who is your favorite Packers player ever? But because that's pretty tricky, I'll say, who's your favorite offensive player and who's your favorite defensive player? And if you have a special teamer, you can just throw them in there. <laughs> but, but that ever. doesn't need to be its own category. Ever. I mean, Rogers is my favorite player ever. He's my phone background. I stare at him every single day. Like I love that man so much. Um, so I don't know if that's a cop out, but I'm sticking true to it. Um, favorite defensive player ever is clay. Um, my dad loves clay, uh, a lot, <laughs> like has a really unnatural attachment and I bought him a Jersey <laughs> for clay. And, um, I just, uh, he, to me was, um, just like the embodiment of what the Packers franchise is just like strong football roots, you know, kind of homegrown. He was a walk on at USC. Like he has that chip on his shoulder and, um, you know, I'm, I was, Another another player like Jordy, I, I wish we could have kept like one more year. But um but yeah, those are my answers. Yeah. I like that you picked Clay because my defensive player all time is BJ Raji. And a lot of that is because I was kind of I was coming into my own as a Packers fan um in high school, early high school. Um and then my senior year is when the Packers won the Super Bowl. And BJ Raji was like my favorite player that whole season. So for him to have his pick six in the NFC championship game kind of like solidified him as that favorite player um, on defense. And then I, I think on offense, this shouldn't really surprise anybody, but Jerry Kramer, because the same way you feel about clay, like when I look up the history of the Packers and when I did those deep dives into like what it meant to be a fan Jerry Kramer was always to me like the physical embodiment of everything Packers and 
like played his whole career, the Western yeah. boy, still comes back for alumni weekends, even at this age. I went to see him in Canton. He's like one of the only players that every time I see him on TV, I cry. And I don't cry. Aww. Like, I'm not a cry. Jerry Kramer makes me so happy that I cry when I see him. So you definitely cried when he got his jacket. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I actually did too. I, I don't have as fierce of an, I'm a crier though, so it's not that surprising, but I don't have as fierce an attachment, but he's just so sweet. He is. Wholesome man. He's, he's Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Great man. Wow. Well, those were great. Thank you all for submitting those questions. Um, that was fun. Hope you got to know us a little bit better. I don't know. <laughs> There's no, we have, we have no more. I kind of want to answer more. I mean, we can think of random questions. No, it's okay. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> That's a lot of effort that I didn't put in for this episode. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I will, I will throw one more question at you Okay. because I put it on Twitter, right? So for whatever reason, um, Backstreet Boys have been stuck in my head this entire quarantine, and I sing the Backstreet Boys to myself and my cat just about every day. Um, and I was I was always Team Backstreet for the record. I liked NSYNC, but Backstreet was way better. Mm-hmm. Um, so on Twitter, I made I asked people. I don't know. I didn't think Cheesehead would want me to write this as a whole article, but who would be your Backstreet Boys using current Packers only? Current Packers only. Yeah. Um, There's way too many if we open it up forever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I think there's a few obvious ones. Like, Jamal obvi- is has to be on that. <laughs> like, no one else. Um, I'd also pick Jair. I feel like he has, like, some, like, dancey moves in him. Like these um, <laughs> <laughs> no one can see me except for you. Um... um I also, I follow Kevin King on Instagram and he's always like vibing out to music. So I could see him being a nice little, little fifth one in the back. Um, but then we need that big person in the back. <laughs> he's tall. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just fine by the seat of my pants right now. <laughs> okay. So that's three. Who else we got? We got to have like some big personality up front. Mm. Oh, probably Z. Z needs to be in there. Z needs to be in everything. So I got to include him. And then, um, Ooh, who would be my fifth? I don't know. Got to pick out another offensive player. I love how it's all the defensive players that are out there. Cause they, they dance around their celebrations. Well, I feel like, okay. I feel like if Z is out there, press needs to be out there too, because they really feed off each other's energy. Okay. So those are my, those are my five. That's fair. So mine on Twitter were Jamal Williams, Zadarius Smith, uh, Jair Alexander. I had David Bakhtiari because we know from Pitch Perfect that he can sing and dance. And then I got made fun of for this, but I said Aaron Rodgers needs to be Nick Carter. Because (laughs) Nick Carter was the star of Backstreet Boys, and Aaron Rodgers is the star of the Packers. But pretty much every person – wait, go ahead. He would do the outfits really well. He would go all out for the outfits. He totally would. Um, But everybody on Twitter wanted me to replace Aaron Rodgers with Alan Lazard. Not necessarily as Nick Carter, but (laughs) they wanted Alan Lazard to be 
in the Backstreet Boys. I wonder why that is. I'd like an explanation as to why. <laughs> I'm not saying no, but I'm just curious. It feels very random. So that's my perfect Backstreet Boys roster, I guess. Um, Can we make them do this? <laughs> Are in you listening? Our sphere of influence, can we make them do this? I'd love. That. I feel like that's something that they would enjoy. Jamal would, at least. Darius has not heard my poem yet, so I still need to shoot my shot there. And then when he listens to that, I'll be like, "Tell me why you won't be a Backstreet Boy." So. Oh, if you haven't heard the poem, it's phenomenal. Go, <laughs> go, go, go listen. <laughs> I'm struggling today. <laughs> Oh, crazy times. I'm always told not to edit these, but I feel, I feel like there's going to be a couple edits made. <laughs> there, there, might be, <laughs> there might need to be a few. All right. So I'm going to, before we wrap up, I'm just going to plug that Cheesehead TV is doing Trivia Night starting 5.30 Eastern time every weeknight. Now that we're in quarantine, um, it doesn't really have an end date, uh, but we're going to be do it till it, no one shows up anymore, I guess. And it's me and Nagler, and it's 10 questions every day, so it's super fast. It's just like 25, 30 minutes. It's really fun. Um, log on to Cheesehead TV's YouTube channel and uh, check it out. Um, and there's some fun graphics and talk about football. So if you're bored out there, which I know you are, cause you're sitting at home, go and, uh, check us out. Okay. So Perry, t- tell the people how they can follow you <laughs> on social media. <laughs> um, please follow me on Twitter at Goldstein Perry, um, follow the podcast at PWSS podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's how you can follow me on social media. Please don't follow me on Instagram, please. I'm not going to accept you. Yeah. And be, listen to boys will be boys and then follow Perry on Twitter, but not until after you listen to the song. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. There's no song requirements, but if you want to listen to my Zedarius poem, you can do that. And then follow me at Maggie J. Loney, L-O-N-E-Y. I write two times a week for Cheesehead TV, and I also podcast with the Pack a Day podcast crew. We are in the middle of our draft series right now. Um, so I get to talk about Ross Blacklock, which is my dream. New favorite topic. My, he's all... He's, it's bad. <laughs> All right. Thank you, as always, for joining us on another episode of Packs What She Said. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. And Jones out in front. They're trying to chase him down. He's inside the 10, and he is in for the touchdown. The title is back in town.